Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. LSU baseball improving to 5-0 on the season, getting a 10-2 victory over Northern Illinois to talk about the Tigers and the SEC. Happy to welcome in Joe Healy, who covers college baseball for D1 Baseball, also does SEC Extra on D1Baseball.com. How you been, Joe? Doing well. Excited for another weekend of, of college baseball. LSU getting us uh, kicked off a little bit early with a Thursday game. Always nice to, to get an early start on that. Yeah, and so these two o'clock starts, uh, we've had a few one o'clock ones locally, and they they're kind of messing us up some. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 a double edged sword this time of year because you're looking to get folks excited and engaged, and whether it's fans or media or whatever. But at the same time, you're trying to you know get games in earlier in the in the day. Once you know, even even down in Baton Rouge, it's not the best time of year to be playing baseball outside. So you're trying to maximize the warmth and the sun and all that stuff. So. It's kind of a tough deal we have to fight through until we get to the, the meat of the season. Joe, I know you cover, before we get into LSU, I know you cover the entirety of college baseball. What is happening in Starkville? I mean, Mississippi State yeah. losing back-to-back games against Austin P. What is happening out there? Yeah, I think it's just a program that's kind of lost its way. I mean, I know that's over. that's really simplistic, but I don't really know what other way to put it because, I mean, here's the deal. I mean, there's about a million things playing into it. One is it's, a, it's a, 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 not a roster without talent. But when you stack up the rosters, it's not one of the more talented rosters in the in the conference at this point. It's just not. So you, you have that on top of the fact that, you know, last year you had the issues in the mound. Okay, so you bring in a new pitching coach. And, and the pitching, for the most part, has been better. But now the offense is the problem, right? I mean, they, they, they their first four games, they held the opponent to four or fewer runs every time, and they were they went two and two in those games. Then yesterday against Austin P, they – they get 10 runs, which, okay, great. That should be more than enough against Austin P. And they, they lose that game 13 to 10. And to me, maybe that's a one-off example, but to me, I think it just hints at kind of the bigger issue there, which is that I think it's just kind of a clubhouse at this point that doesn't have a lot of belief, um, just kind of doesn't, it just feels listless. Um, whenever you're losing, it's, it's tough to look good losing, but they just, they don't seem to have a lot of energy. They don't seem to, be all that engaged. And again, part of that's just because when you're losing games, how are you supposed to look? But man, you talk about a program that right now just feels completely adrift. You look at the opening weekend of uh, SEC baseball. Was there any team that really stood out to you in the, in the uh, early goings? Well, it's tough because, you know, Tennessee was really the only club last weekend in the SEC to play a, a challenging schedule and they right. got some good wins that, you know, they, they took down Texas tech most notably. So there was that, but you know, when you look at who everyone else played, I came away kind of impressed with Auburn. And this team is built a little bit differently than last year's team. Last year, 
you know, credit to them, Auburn cobbled together the pitching staff with, you know, like bailing wire and duct tape, and they ended up hosting a regional. And this year they really like the, their guys in the mound, and they have legit depth there. And, and, you know, their head coach, Butch Thompson, is, you know, one of the best pitching coaches in the country. And so if you're telling me that Auburn brings back a lot of its offense from last season and they feel good about what they have on the mound, you know, they're a team that at D1 Baseball we're definitely underrating at this point. Um, you know, you know, I've kind of advocated for them, but you look, you know, people, different people have different opinions on it, but I, I'm pretty high on them. And then you add on top of that last weekend that Joseph Gonzalez, who didn't pitch at all last year and was going to be their ace, pitched last weekend, looked healthy. UAB transfer Carson Myers comes in, immediately six shutout innings in his first outing. Chase Alsup, who has the biggest arm on the team, is the best pitching prospect on the team, at least among you know upper guys, veteran guys. Um, didn't walk anybody, and that's been his big problem. So the opponent wasn't great, Eastern Kentucky. I get that. But if you're going to have an opponent like that, you want to dominate the series and look good doing it, and that's exactly what they did last weekend. So, Joe, we're only a couple weeks away from the Shriners Classic in Houston, but we do have a really fun tournament upcoming this weekend in Arlington, uh, the College Baseball Series, where we got – you know, Arkansas matching up against Oregon State after their 3-1 and start uh, with wins over James Madison in their opening weekend series. They've moved up to number two in the most recent D1 baseball poll. But that matchup against number seven, Oregon State, uh, I think it's going to be probably the premier matchup of the weekend. No doubt. I mean, it's the best game in college baseball we've had so far this season. Uh, you know, it's two versus seven. It's a really good pitching matchup, Aiden May for, for Oregon State. Um, and then you're going to have Hagen Smith on the mound for Arkansas, and he's coming off a tough one last week. You know, he, he threw, I think it was 42 pitches in the first inning, and they didn't bring him out for the second inning. And, and it's early in the season, so I think it was just more of like, hey, you know what, tough start, let's just pull you now and let's, let's just move on. Um, I expect he'll be a lot better, and look, he's going to have to be. That Oregon State lineup, I mean, your listeners may not be, they probably know that Oregon State's a, a big deal, but their offense is one of the more talented offenses in the country just in terms of raw talent and if there's one guy you should watch out for it's Travis Bazana, one of their infielders at Oregon State an Australian kid who, who's there who you know in next year's draft is maybe a top three top five pick I mean he's right up there in the discussion with guys like um or I'm sorry for this draft he's up there with guys like Jack Caglione in terms of talking about hmm. who are the, the the early names that are going to come off the board he's just a lot of fun to watch and so yeah, if you can carve out some time tomorrow night for Arkansas-Oregon State, that, that's my highest recommendation I have for you. I want to give a shout-out to Steven Scoach on Twitter because this is a great tweet that he put out about your latest D1 Baseball Top 25 rankings. I mean, a former Virginia pitcher, and he put this out. There are eight schools ranked in the Top 25 for North Carolina and South Carolina. Just looking at it, Wake Forest, obviously the number one team that fell to UNC Greensboro a couple nights ago. And then after that, you have like a full run of Clemson, then ECU, Duke, NC State, UNC, and then later on in the list, you also have South Carolina and Coastal Carolina. And then that's not even mentioning teams like Campbell that just took down ECU right. a couple of days ago as well. There's been there's some great baseball being played in the Carolinas right now. Yeah, no doubt. I, mean, I think it's a confluence of a bunch of stuff. So you have historical powers like UNC that, that has largely, I don't want to say always been good, but has typically been good at baseball. NC State's kind of the same way. And then you have programs like Duke and Wake Forest who have just gotten up you know, uh, tons and tons better over the last decade, 15 years that are just night and day different from what they used to be as programs. And then the Carolinas do have this, this kind of rich history of mid-major programs being able to punch above their weight and being successful. And 
if you're making a list of most successful mid-major programs in, in college baseball, maybe it probably starts with Coastal. They won a national title. They're always in the mix. And East Carolina, even though they've never been to Omaha, is, is not that far behind them. So when you take teams that have improved a lot, you take historical powers, you take mid-major programs operating at the top of the sport, I mean, that's kind of the – the cocktail you mix together to, to allow for the amount of success that we've seen in the Carolinas this year. Talking with Joe Healy from D1Baseball.com. We got a taste of uh, Gage Jump starting for the LSU Tigers today. Uh, pitched two in a third innings. Of course, we got to see him in a closer role on opening weekend. But uh, your overall impressions of the lefty for LSU? Yeah, I think the first thing is it's important to to exercise just some patience right. because it's been so long since he's been really stretched out. I mean, we're talking you know, going on two years at this point. So, it, you know, it may take until SEC play or well into SEC play before we see a fully operational gauge jump. But here's the thing. As long as he stays healthy, uh, there's nothing really stopping him from being, you know, an upper echelon pitcher in the SEC, whether that's as a starter or as a bullpen guy. When he got to UCLA a couple of years ago, he was the baseball equivalent of a five-star recruit. I mean, he was part of, you know, a top-ranked recruiting class at UCLA along with Thatcher Hurd. And, you know, the injury came at a, at a, a tough time for him. But as long as he stays healthy, the stuff is good enough to be as good as just about anybody else in the conference. So it's just going to be a matter of how quickly do you bring him along? Um, you know, what is his ultimate role? And then the beauty of a frail issue is that, they've got enough pitching this year, at least on paper, that they're not in a position where they're going to feel rushed to do anything with him. So I really wouldn't be surprised if we don't see, you know, jump being, you know, his full, the full version of himself, whatever that is, maybe until, you know, late March or early April. LSU loses Jordan Thompson from last year's championship team. So they need a shortstop to go out and get Michael Braswell from South Carolina. He's been off to a little bit of a slow start. I think that the weather conditions had a little bit of something to do with that last weekend. This, uh, and then today, first inning, he has an error that ends up kind of ruining a potential double play for Gage Jump to get out of that first inning that he threw 27 pitches. And with Jump on a 50 pitch count in his first start, uh, that's not really good. But looking at how he kind of made up for it at the plate, he goes one for two with a home run, his first home run as a Tiger. He also gets a sack fly and then a walk. Where are your projections for Michael Braswell as the season progresses? I think he's one of those veteran guys that could really help the Tigers this year. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I, I think he's got a so he's got a high floor. But you also have to understand he's got a relatively low ceiling. And I don't mean that to be disrespectful. It's just that he's not a big power bat. Like, he's not the fastest guy on the field. He's not the most athletic guy. Um, but he's played a lot of SEC games. Um, you know, he's going to make all sorts of make the occasional error, but he's going to be really solid at the position. His, his arm strength isn't what Jordan Thompson's was, but then again, Jordan Thompson had a great arm. So I think he's going to be perfectly serviceable. Um, I don't think he's going to do anything to embarrass you out there on the field. Um, he's not going to be a superstar type guy, but the alternatives for LSU this year were, were looking at, you know, freshmen at the position if they hadn't gone that route, likely maybe it was, you know, Steven Milam in that, in that spot. And he's swung that really well. Maybe that's an eventual option, but I know that Jay Johnson really didn't want to go with a freshman in that spot. And so Braswell is, basically the opposite of a freshman in terms of how much he's played in the SEC. So, look, I think if you have the right expectations for Michael Braswell, that he's not going to be the straw that stirs the drink offensively, I think you can appreciate him for what he is, which is just a super steady veteran who's been through a lot of battles in the SEC. Milam was a name that popped up a bunch as people were stunned with how well he played opening weekend, and I was too. But for me, the biggest takeaway from you know those first four games, I think it's going to be their biggest strength outside of like their depth on the mound heading throughout the season, 
is LSU's catcher room is unbelievable. They, they have a guy for everything. We talked with Cokie Riley a couple of days about this. Uh, you know, they have, as I said, they have versatility at the, in the catcher room. They have Hayden Travinsky, that's just a great slugger, but he's also can throw out runners on the bases. Brady Neal's like the perfect in between guy. He can do everything from the catcher spot. And then Alex Malazzo is like their defensive like guru. That gives them so much versatility, especially once you get into SEC play. I think a lot of teams would love to have three legitimate SEC ca- uh, catchers on their roster. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, th- those three guys, I mean, they would. Any all any of the three would start at like you know 280 other Division One programs you know so they've got really an embarrassment of riches there and it's one of the reasons why in the fall they were messing around a little bit with Brady Neal maybe like could we play him at second base could we play him in the outfield could just kind of seeing what else he could do because he's a pretty good athlete so and his bat is one that when he's going well you you want him in the lineup and off to a pretty decent start in the, in the opportunities he's got at the plate so you know. I think they're going to try to find a way to keep all those guys fresh, keep all those guys in the mix. And that's a double-edged sword because on the one hand, catcher is such a demanding position that that's a, that's a great thing. If you can not have to catch one guy 60 games a season, but the flip side of that is that it always is going to kind of feel like maybe you're not putting the most efficient lineup out there. Right. Cause if you want to maximize defense with Malazzo, you can do that, but then, okay, is Travinsky your DH you know, do we put Brady Neal somewhere else? So, I mean, it's a good problem to have, but uh, it is a little bit of a challenge when you've got three guys that are that good. Hey, Joe, just curious, uh, your impressions of a guy, Paxton Kling, uh, really what stood out to me last season was the fact that Jay Johnson said he's just one of those guys who's going to be well, the best player in the program at some point. Uh, what have you seen from the outfielder? tools tools and more tools like there's nothing that he really can't do and you know i saw him a decent bit on the cape too over the summer he was there for just a brief stint that happened to overlap when i was there and you're looking at a guy every time he steps on the field that it's very likely that he's the best runner on the field he's a you know a a true center fielder in terms of his speed his athleticism his routes to the ball you know it's going to be a matter of i think for him to be that best player on the field that jay johnson said he could be and i agree with by the way is how much does he impact the baseball? You know, is he a guy who hits for some average and he can he can run and do some of those things? Or can he be a guy who has some pop and hits balls into the gap and hits balls out of the park? And Because that's what's going to unlock his ability to be more than just kind of a, which would be great if he's a top-of-the-order catalyst-type guy. That's, that's perfectly great. But if he's going to be a guy, middle-of-the-order bopper, who, oh, by the way, is kind of a – elite defender, elite runner, all that kind of stuff, that's going to be the key for him. And, and so how much, how much stride we see him make this year in terms of being somebody that you, you have to deal with and you, you're not, you know, the opposing team has to game plan around is going to be something to watch develop over the entirety of this season. Joe, another sophomore that I wanted to mention before I get to my question about the pitching staff, Jared Jones, and just the pop that he has in his bat has just been super impressive early on. And I'm looking forward to seeing if it continues because, you know, last year, I think we talked to you about this as well. You know, he was a contributor early on, and then he kind of fell out of the rotation. But that LSU team just had so many great players at the top and so many veteran pieces. And, you know, his kind of development – and he's going to have to take a bigger role is what I'm trying to say. And just the early returns from Jared Jones have been really solid. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I mean, the power has is, is always been his, as the scouts say, his carrying tool, and that we've seen it early on so far this year. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned, because, yeah, I remember talking to you guys about that last year, and, and it's funny you mentioned that because I went back as I was getting ready for the season, you know, a couple months ago and started to really look back at the stats from last year, and I had kind of 
convinced myself that Jared Jones had kind of a tough season and he got bit, you know, he, he didn't start as much. And so like the numbers, what, but you look back at his numbers last year and they were, they were pretty good. Right. I mean, like, yes, he fell off a little bit and the, there was a little bit more inconsistency, but you know, he was a freshman and playing in the sec, but you know, he had a really nice year. And if it weren't for the fact to your point that LSU just had so many guys offensively, they can turn to, they didn't really have to mess around with somebody who was going through struggles at the plate they probably would have kept playing him and he probably would have been all right. You know? So I think we saw enough glimpses last year to know that, okay, this guy, that power is going to play. There's not a lot of doubt about him eventually tapping into it. He just needs the opportunity. And and so far this year, we've seen what he's doing with those opportunities. And then my last question for you here, Joe, is the weekend rotation for the Tigers right now. Gage Jump got the start today, obviously, but tomorrow I think it's going to be Thatcher Hurd. And then Saturday, once again, Luke Holman, I mean, what do you see from the first weekend? Thatcher Hurd obviously gets off to a really good start, gets seven straight outs, and then in the bottom of the third with two and two-thirds innings pitch, he walks the nine-hole hitter, and then everything kind of falls apart. And we've seen that happen from Hurd a couple times. Luke Holman was outstanding against Central Arkansas at 10 strikeouts and five and a third innings pitched on that really cold day at the box. But from what I've seen from Holman, he got into one jam in that game against Central Arkansas. It was a leadoff double and then a follow-up single, and then strikeout, 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 and he gets out of it. And 10 strikeouts and 5 and thirds innings pitched speaks for itself. He wasn't a huge strikeout guy at Alabama. I mean, 87 and 81 innings pitch is solid. Uh, but what do you think about those top two guys on the weekend rotation? Thatcher Hurd, you know, he's a guy that helped the Tigers win a championship just this past year. Holman, the transfer from Alabama, I think could be a really big piece as well. Uh, but the roles are going to change throughout the season. I just want to get your early thoughts on both those guys. Yeah, with Hurd, it's, it's going to be a matter of which which guy is he, right? The guy who had some real roller coaster like ups and downs early last season and kind of had us wondering, is, is this a guy they can trust? And then, or the guy in the postseason who was like, oh, yeah, right, this is the best he's pitched at the most important time of year, and he's going to go into next year as a real dude for this team. I think the jury's still out on which guy we're going to see there. Just It's just one start. But, you know, to your point, we saw something in his last outing that kind of was reminiscent of early last year, right? Um, so there's that. And with Holman, you know, I think coming into the season, a lot of folks, and I'll even throw myself in this group, kind of maybe underrated Luke Holman because, he, you know, he's a guy who came into the Alabama rotation late last year. And it was really just kind of because they were dealing with some injuries. And by the end of the year, he was their best guy. And if you talk to some coaches around the SEC and around the country, there's some folks who are willing to say things like, hey, Luke Holman is maybe – we should maybe be talking about him as someone who could be the SEC pitcher of the year when it's all said and done. Like, the stuff is that good. I, I, I see your point about the strikeout numbers last year, but I, I wonder how much of that was just kind of him finding his sea legs in the SEC. And now that he's kind of has a better sense of self, a little more mature, a little more mature physically, I do think those strikeout numbers, what we saw the first weekend against Central Arkansas, obviously that rate is not going to stand. But, but I do think we're going to see a more dominant at times Luke Holman. I think he's probably the guy who ends up being the ace. Now, whether he pitches on Fridays or Saturdays, like whatever, I think Holman's going to end up being the best guy for the Tigers this season. But, man, if if Hurd is the guy we saw in the postseason, then that's, that's a big if at this point. Like, that's a really solid one, too, and it gives LSU kind of the, the, the latitude to play around with that third spot, whether it's, you know, Jump or it's Kate Anderson or, hey, let's throw Nate Ackenhausen in that mix because we can stretch him out, right? Um they can really kind of get creative with that third spot, maybe do it based on matchups, you know, maybe just say, hey, let's do a bullpen game. If those two guys are good, it's going to give LSU a lot of slack with the rest of the pitching staff. Great stuff, Joe, as always. Always appreciate the time as well. Thank you. 
Happy to do it, guys. I appreciate you. Thanks, Joe. Baseball is back, folks. The, the Joe Healy giving us some info. College baseball writer for D1 Baseball and SEC Extra on D1Baseball.com. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.